Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And then, and then to have other songs, like say, you've yeah. got, you know, if there was a man, which has this sort oh. of Viennese kind of waltz <laughs> yeah. sort of feel to it, yes. and and so it has the again the lyrics are very much about that classic, you know, um, you, you, uh, the, the, uh, someone dreaming of the right man, someone dreaming of Bond, you know, w- w- you know, I'm just waiting for you to sort of, you know, kind of wait for this great person to arrive, and then you got where everybody, where has everybody gone, <laughs> which is this. Really, sort of aggressive synth guitar, <laughs> and then you know, and, and the lyrics about which I only, I only for this, I sat down and kind of looked at the lyrics and things. And I'm thinking because he obviously wrote this for Necros, who's kind of ex sort of KGB. There's all these referencing to this crumbling kingdom. I think is this the end of the you know USSR, and you know Gorbachev is just about to come into power. You know, a couple of years later. You know, it talks about you know hallowed halls and you know you know this just it, the kingdoms and things. I think is is Barry kind of is he sort of you know really got behind? And maybe I'm reading far too much into this. Chrissy <laughs> Hind too. This, yeah, yeah, yeah Chrissy yeah. Hind, and yeah. and also does well, how much you? range does she have? Yeah, there's two know songs. It. You know, were were her vocal range is is fantastic. She sounds different. Like I say, you could. The, Whereas everybody's gone, it could be, you know, you would assume was for a man, you know, the the yeah, absolutely, s- yeah. such an aggressive and a, and a voice is much deeper. But then you you know and, and you, the where is everybody, where is everybody gone? <laughs> and then you've got that the fight off the bat out oh, the back okay. of the, the, the dun, 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 and it's dun. basically that you have the synth, don't yeah, you? It's yeah, it's so oh. so good. It's, it must be the. Along with Golden Gate fight, you know the sort of snow job. Mm. It must be again he peaked at the end, I think, in terms of his action music. It's yeah. just unbelievable to listen to. I mean, they're mm. so synonymous. The sequences, absolutely oh too much. And actually, you, you touch on the lyrics of those songs, but actually the, the lyrics in the Living Daylights, which are joked about, we're not going to understand what he says. But lines <laughs> like, you know, hundred thousand people, I'm the only, I'm yeah. the one they blame. I mean, it's such a lovely line. 
and again when it uses the hundred thousand changes everything's the same i i just think that's that's absolutely brilliant it's class. and obviously you know fair fair play to our to aha who, who are involved yeah. with writing those lyrics but i do think they're really strong if you actually listen they play into the kind yeah. of feeling of this guy against the world mm-hmm. yeah massive. and it's content I, and it's sorry go no, no, Chris. Chris no, I was just so excited. Something much more sensible. <laughs> 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 That's going but it's it's such, it's and it's what I love about Living Daylights is that that. It's contemporary, but it's also timeless, and that's yeah, the one yeah. thing I worry about. Some of the later films is that they start, they've aged quicker. I don't know if it's something to do with the Cold War, the fact that it lasted for so long, and that we kind of struggle to, to, to find, you know, a villain as such. But the music in this, like you say, it is it's very 80s, but it's timeless, and it's also dealing with timeless, you know, themes, which is. You know the old guard and the new guard coming in, and you know that Dalton's bond. You know, I, I, you know, <laughs> we've discussed about kind of our issues with Daniel Craig, but but Dalton just came in and just just pitched it just perfectly. You know, in terms of you know respecting the origin of you know you know where the, the, the character comes from from Fleming, but also it's about now. And I think that's for, for, for me, the Living Day- Daylights just absolutely stands shoulders above, you know, uh, particularly later kind of modern Bond films, just in terms of the music, the story, just everything about it. I, I do often worry about the moment where John Barry was taken into an editing suite at some point and told that that absolutely iconic score he did for the opening of View to a Kill that was going to be nixed just for a little bit of snowboard action over water for the <laughs> <laughs> and how that might have gone down you know? again like, like, that, not uh, one of my faults in the film <laughs> you won't hear me but no. to, for, for me that goes back to why if you have Dalton in a film you can't have a bad Bond film because Dalton yeah. wouldn't have allowed that to be in his film so he, he, he reigns in John Glenn's uh, moments, shall we say, and just allows him to be a good director. And you get it in Octopussy too with with Tarzan. You know oh. that wouldn't have happened in a Dalton Bond film. He would have he a bit of restraint quit. now and then, Joel, <laughs> and just sit as well in Octopussy. Oh, um, yeah. piss off! <laughs> Still, admittedly, love them, but yes, yeah, I yeah. totally agree. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. In terms of the the process I mentioned before. There was a bit of falling out, and it seems to be that when this happens, you create some of the best music and films. Like we said, John Glenn with Timothy Dalton. I think it was more so on License to Kill, was it? Um, there was a bit of little That's bit of I falling out. Yeah, yeah, and you get a great product. And on this one, I think he both of them are obviously pretty talented. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Aha, the back catalogue is fantastic, and they. They do epic songs, you know, they're, they're, so, they're quite long songs mm-hmm. for the time. The instrumentation is brilliant. And they're obviously producers as well as songwriters. So I think that was the problem, that why there were two versions, because they kept a bit naughty, you know, like, leave for the day, and we recorded that, and then Barry would have changed it by the time they came back or something like that. And they did, <laughs> they, there's been squabbles about it, but I've, I've heard Paul Wattai, you know, the main songwriter of, uh, and the guitarist, he says, "Yeah, they, you know, disputed how much was who and who wrote what." But he says he has to credit Barry's arrangement for making it sound like a Bond song. That's the key thing that that gets it from 
a great song to a great Bond song, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and 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 you know, what? obviously at the time they they were hugely popular, weren't they? Aha, and in retrospect, I bet they're actually quite thankful for that Bond song because they were yeah. they. I mean, I've heard they weren't particularly interested in James Bond. It wasn't like Duran Duran, who obviously were huge Bond fans, and they felt really privileged to be part of a Bond yeah. film and 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 really made the most of it. And and I respect them so much for that. Whereas with Aha, they weren't particularly into Bond. I think it was probably a record company got approached, and they're like, "Yeah, this would be good for you. It'd be good for the film. Let's do this." And they just kind of did it. But I bet in retrospect, that song will will last and be more be better known around the world as time goes on than any of their other songs yeah. because it's associated with a with a Bond film and this, it still gets played in the radio I, I sent you a picture the day it came on in my car on Radio 2 they played The Living Daylights you know so it's still that's getting so national good. That's, radio airplay that's so you know. pleasing it's incredible isn't it I just how could you not I mean driving to that must be the most exhilarating mm-hmm. thing a lot of the a lot of the yeah. my favourite <laughs> ones are like that aren't they like like the Honor Majesty's you know instrumental theme tune goodness me Mm-hmm. Skiing, driving, all that. It was a it was a big hit. It was number five in the UK, number one in Norway. Of course, Aha from Norway. Rob, have you seen the music video to it? I don't think I have. Well, no, it, I don't think I have. It's, actually, it's filmed in the the huge 007 Cubby Broccoli stage at Pinewood. But the reason I mention you, Rob, it's directed by a guy called Steve Barron. Um, now, <laughs> I, I, um, people might be blank heads. Anyway, he did he did a lot of yes. unbelievable music videos. So he did. Got, he did four songs that reached number one in America. So "Take on Me" by Aha, "Money for Nothing" Dire Straits. So a lot, a lot of them have these sort of effects with the sort of CGI on them. This is a, this is an FYR link, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is, it is, Rob. We'll Pretty nice. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it, have you got it, Chris? Right. Yeah, Brian Adams Heaven. He also did, and Billy Jean. He he directed the video to Billy Jean, which again, it does have that sort of. Simple, brilliant, effective video, but with a little bit of effects mm-hmm. on the end of it. And that's what the video has in this. But, Rob... Oh, he also did Let's Get Rocked, one of my favourites, Def Leppard tracks. But anyway, oh, he did... Tune. Oh, and he did uh, Toto Africa, I'm just reading this, and Fear Eyes Only, the song. But he directed two films that I... <laughs> well, two of them are very different. <laughs> Mike Bassett's England Manager... <laughs> Oh, no um, way! Yeah, and the other one, Rob. I think it's one of your favourite films. He he directed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original film. He did. He Ooh. did. No, yeah. no, no. So there you oh, go. Oh my word! What a revelation! Um, and what films to be a part of? Um, yeah. Brackets never seen Mike. Bassett. And he's English as well. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get an American director to to do Mike that. Bassett. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play soccer? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I have no idea. Yeah. That's incredible. Incredible. But they're in the video. Yeah, it's quite. It's quite well, a crisp the, video. When the podcasts align, you know. Yeah. Oh, I've, this is this is Rob's <laughs> other lovely. podcast, which look at overlooked yeah. films, don't they? Yes, we. Do. I didn't know this. I didn't yeah, know this. Yeah. So I'll have to check this. This is the next one from my train. Yeah, yeah. We, nice. we talk yeah, about yeah. movies that um, are are unloved and see whether they need a, neck, uh, a second spin. Yeah. I tell you, there's there's a there's a film which it's it's probably not famous enough to work for you, but um, it just shows my obsession with Timothy Dalton. But Hawks, which is uh, was a was oh. a film he did between Daylights and License to Kill. It's Whoa. just <laughs> superb. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. right, it's superb. Not- and I tell you what, I tell you, can I can I bore you with another one of my stories? No. Yes. Please. I don't do. know if any. Hey, you. you uh, I don't know if you guys are into football at all, but there was a. 
there's a, a manager of Liverpool called Gerard Houllier and uh, it's some years <laughs> Rob's ago Rob's a Liverpool fan and, uh, Liverpool <laughs> fan here yeah. uh, so, yeah. okay yes. yeah. so I assume you've heard of him then <laughs> anyway I, I was uh, you know I'll just have to I take was... down the photographs of him I've got up in my hand yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was having dinner with him one night and he um... <laughs> you can't say that no way that's allowed to be said you're a football well, a football minute. presenter, weren't you, as well, Steve? Yeah, I do. Right? I do a lot of sports stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I, I love the way. Actually, I purposely said that as casual as though I'm always yeah. famous <laughs> football manager. He's much not of a lovely truth. man that he sounds like. He seems uh, like he's, the most lovely, lovely man. He, he's, he was really, it was great, and, and he invited myself and a, and a few other uh, sports journalists out uh, for dinner, uh, just to sort of, you know, get to, to know us a bit. And, and I thought that was a lovely gesture because it's not like that happens oh, all the time. Amazing. Um, so, anyway, we're, we're there. But the funny thing I have is I always find it a bit awkward talking about football when I'm not working but i'm with people who work in football does that make sense yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. i would go to a press conference and interview a manager about a football his team his the results and whatever but when you take us out of that situation it feels a bit weird to still talk about football because normally i'm kind of asking them serious questions and yeah, it becomes yeah. a strange friendly relationship yeah. so anyway it was a bit awkward I, I was a bit awkward I was a bit not sure what to say really and um he said you know what let, don't talk about football he said, i get so bored talking about football all the time and so i said well what, what else you <laughs> i love films i absolutely love films. by the way if you could all imagine oh. this in a french accent it would be much better <laughs> and uh he's, he's yeah. a lovely soft yeah. french cadence yeah lovely voice. And, he said to me, he said, so what's your, what's your favourite film? And I thought, well, do I go, do I go with the Bond film? You know, but I thought this is just not original enough. So I, I went with Hawks. I said, I, sorry, you won't have heard of this. It's a little, it's a little British film from the 1980s. Um, but I just said, it, it really touched me when I saw it. And I absolutely love it. And it's called Hawks. And he said, oh, I love Hawks. <laughs> Timothy Dalton, Anthony Edwards. What a great film. And we just spoke for an and we just talked for an hour about this film. And he's the only person I've ever met who's ever heard of it, apart from me. And... <laughs> It was quite extraordinary. Oh my word! Um, so there you go. We need That's a little story. About so it's a very, a very overlooked. It had a, when it was released in America, it had a different name, but um, I, I think it's, it's a great film. It has aged, and you can't even get it on like DVD and stuff because it, you know, it was not a successful film. But Anthony Edwards was a was a fairly big name after Top Gun at the time, and it was him and uh, and Timothy Dalton, and uh, oh. I actually think it was a, a really good film. Yeah, and, and the, the musical score. While we're talking about music, was by the Bee Gees. No. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure they scored the whole film. Yeah, so you get some real kind of you wouldn't get that now. Weird sounds here. going on. He also Barry Gibb is co-writer is the co-author of the story. <laughs> and it's written by Roy. Oh. <laughs> written by this is the most old-fashioned, brilliant thing I've ever. Most heard famous of. for Last of Summer Wine, keeping up appearances, oh, open yeah. all hours. Yes, wow. that's right. Well, mix. It's, it's weird. It's just Dawson like, doing it's like all open all hours in the room with all, all that knowledge. <laughs> On, no, Dalton's got a red nose on the poster. I'm looking at it right now, like what? a massive, yeah. like comic relief style red nose. Yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, he's. I mean, it sounds grim. Yeah, he's he's terminally ill. Well, Anthony Edwards is terminally ill. Timothy Dalton is potentially terminally ill. They're in hospital together, Whoa. and he, this red nose thing, he kind of freaks them out in the middle of the night by putting this on, and uh, they eventually break out because they they they're worried they're just going to die in hospital, and they want to have one last adventure, so they they break out. <laughs> 
Incredible. Yeah, it was, I saw it like on TV one, and I watched it purely because you know Timothy Dalton, who I loved as James Bond, was in it, and it was probably on telly around 1991, and I'd seen him in Licence to Kill at cinema, and I just wanted to see this actor in some something else. You know, I had forgotten he was in Flash Gordon at that point, and uh, so I just watched this film because I saw he was in it, and it blew. I'd never, I hadn't watched a lot of dramas <laughs> at that time. I was only like 14 or 15 or something, and uh, it really blew me away. It will have aged. I haven't seen it in a long time because the VHS tape I had on it, I haven't got machine. Play it on now, but I've, uh, I've just found it on YouTube. Top Should we do a, yeah, I, <laughs> have a live watch along? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole movie's on YouTube right now. Like, well, like you can't can... watch it anywhere else, but yeah. the whole movie's on YouTube. Like Mac oh, and wow. B. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Mac nice. and Me? I saw that as a pirate, a pirate of Mac and Me on on VHS. And the quality was awful. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah. But then the weird thing was when I saw a proper version, I realised it wasn't much better. <laughs> <laughs> and to link all that, that's actually true. Though. That is very terrifying. terrifying. The, t- the two films, the two first films I remember seeing at the cinema in Rottenstall, which is near where we we grew up in Rossendale in Lancashire were The Living Daylights and Mac and Me at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I was very, very young. I can barely remember together. But I, I grew up presuming that these were two absolute classics that everyone had seen. You know, obviously, The Living Daylights. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, anyway, coming back to the actual title song, it's the first time and only time that a non-American or Brit- a British act have done it. Pet Shop Boys were initially asked... But they mm-hmm. wanted oh, to do seriously? all the songs. Yeah. So that must have been that Barry had these three songs in mind, I suppose. And they mm-hmm. were like, well, no, we'll, we just, you know, we don't just want to do the lead song, we'll do them all. And But they had worked on stuff, and it, was, it came into a song which they put on one of their albums. It's, it's that same sort of synth. It is, yeah. It's crisp. recognizable yeah. immediately. It is. So this is such a long name. This must be the place I waited years to leave. It's quite complicated. Uh, so, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it, it went on there. On there. Oh, listen to that. It's pretty gorgeous, isn't it? That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of barrier. Yeah. It's, yeah, dated, but it's still good. Yeah. <laughs> Down with that. The voice slightly less bomb. Yeah, yeah, it is very. Yeah. <laughs> it's no living daylight. It's well, no, nothing, nothing. Um, therefore, I have to move on. I have to move on to uh, Rob a metal cover, as promised. <laughs> of the living daylight. Yeah. Of, of living daylight. Yeah. It's the only one of the ones tonight, I'm afraid, that I could find a metal cover of. I always say, it's a good song, it's a good song, it's a good song. So you can do different versions of it. This is by a group called The Narrow. It's not as death metal. Just, just to warn you, Rob, sorry. It's not Christopher Lee's stage. <laughs> Very wrong. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Oh. I like that actually, yeah. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. 
I wish you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Andreas Wisniewski, and you're listening to Really 007. Three massive songs for the for the album. Where's everybody gone? First appears, of course, Necros in his headphones, and automatically you're like, this is incredible. And then to have a song like that, we, we actually said to Andres, Andreas when we interviewed him that but we had okay first of all you had the Spectre theme in From Russia With Love and then Odd Job was the first character to sort of have his own cue I don't know any other character in the Bond series who's had his own song and you know instrumental version of it as well it's just I mean imagine I just going to the cinema without knowing what you're going to expect the full edited version to see, see I know he, he knew it of course because he said he had the song to listen to, I think, even when he was filming it, which is incredible. At, at the Prater. At, uh, <laughs> Prater. Near Prater. Yes. But it's just... And they use some of the themes in the instrumental tracks. It's in, a, in some of them. Mm-hmm. And it's also used in... It is a great track. And, and I, yeah, I listened to an interview with him. I really like that. And it was... He's quite memorable, you know, for a henchman. A lot of you yeah. look at the, the guy in there. Let's just tomorrow never dies. I can't remember what his name is, but you know, with the blonde hair, he's just kind of forgettable. He's just a <laughs> yes, that's the one. Kind of forgettable, but he wasn't forgettable at all. He made that, and um, and to yeah. have his own song. I mean, I would that would be my ringtone if I was him. That would be my ringtone. Surely that's yeah. his ringtone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just said I'd have his ringtone as his blood curdling scream. I think at the end. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> Such a nice sound. Particularly the instrumental version of the synth for the it's used well, it's used in all this the fight with Green Four, which is again one of the best fights, not involving Bond or in the whole series. And then it's used again, isn't it, at the the Prater, when Saunders is killed and it's used briefly then, sort of when Bond chases him. And then obviously for the in flight fight at the end and it's Da, da. It's just incredible, isn't it? It really is. 
It's, you know what? It's interesting how uh, going back to what I said about you know you can't orchestrations don't don't change they don't date. But it's interesting that Barry, having said everything I said, I'm now going to undo it all because yeah, Barry yeah. managed <laughs> to sort of keep with the times, and that's quite yeah. remarkable when you think just how far back he started. You know, it, it, most musicians, you know, even really good ones, you know, the guys from the Beatles and the Stones or whatever, but they develop their sound and all right, they they move around a little bit with it, but it's always kind of their sound going forward. But he managed to completely adapt to to meet the demands of the viewing public and what they were into at the time, whilst keeping it within a classy piece of music. But he did change, you know. He must have been he must have been very much out there listening to what was around and what was good and what wasn't good and what would work. And that's an incredible skill, isn't it? it I can't think of many people who who for such a long period managed to adapt to the styles without ever selling himself out it was always Barry music oh, yeah, you, yeah. You, you know what I mean and the Living Daylights and A View to a Kill great examples I think of that you could look right through his catalogue for Bond and see those notes see that fingerprint I'm sorry again it's that word isn't yeah, it yeah. his fingerprint on Bond is so so grand it's like getting your sort of main hook as there's a melody hook then there's like an espionage hook which is often used with Koskov in the film and then of course this Necros film, which is like one of the action themes. And then we've got the, the beautiful If There Was a Man, the, the Cara sort of theme, which is more on the vein of Wine with the Stace, isn't it? Particularly when it's played on the flute. I, th- I think it's, it's lovely, this song, I really do. And the production on the singles very good as well. I th- fantastic song. Yeah, very much so. I've seen the music video for this one, Tom. Yeah, is it? I can't. Oh, Not I, an awful lot happens. Is it? I haven't seen this one. Yeah, no, it's 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 in like um, it looks like a kid's papier mâché beehive <laughs> that wandering around it. <laughs> so it's, it's it's an interesting set, and it's got stills from the film, and it, you know, if I was at Dalton turning round, man, you know that kind of thing, and it's all for the ladies. You know, it, it's very yeah. much. A, yeah, well, uh, and this particular job. And the men, yeah, it's good um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very much a movie music video, you know, with shots in, and each of the, you know, like that, I'm thinking of a beehive now, but the arcs of a beehive, if you if you draw them up to human height, they have wis- wispy curtains between the arcs, and on those are projected images of Dalton doing oh. you know, Dalton things, diving off, you know, down to the rock and roll <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, so... But again, it's a good. Uh, the production on the song is like I miss this level of production in songs. That, yeah. That kind of, and I don't know how to describe it because I'm not enough of a music scholar to know what this is. But it, it's when f- songs feel like they're deep, mm-hmm. and that you could fall into yeah, them and yeah. the texture that is in your ears. And I, I don't know how to explain that. But it's just like that song has it. You know, definitely. It's got stakes. Yeah. It goes up a level for the bridge. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah, we like that. <laughs> <laughs> really want to sing it now, but don't quite have the guts. Do like no, a the, bridge. Um, Do like a bridge. Well, the piano, the piano is always lovely as well, on, and it's just got that little sort of soft beat in the background. A bit like if you ask me to on License to Kill, it's that sort of oh. soft, lovely adult contemporary again. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 <laughs> it's, just, it's such a nice song. I don't know how well known it is. You don't really hear Bond fans talking about it much at all, weirdly. It's all, all Surrender or No Surrender or whatever. Yeah, Surrender's the one, the only one that seems to be, yeah, the secondary song. And do you know, I, I like I like Surrender, KD Lang. Was oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. In Tomorrow yeah. Never Dies. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it. I personally, I prefer it to, um, to 
Tomorrow Never Dies song. I, funny, the weird thing is I love Cheryl Crow. I've got loads of her stuff, and I, I was watching her on one of these um, concerts that was on during lockdown. I thought she was phenomenal, but weirdly, yeah. I don't particularly like her voice on that song. Okay, well, it just doesn't feel like her Rob kind will, of song. Will argue, I think. <laughs> no, I think I find, you know um, there's a, there's so much to discuss here. <laughs> it really is. There's a naughty twinkle in my eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my powder dry because I know there's another song coming tonight. So I'm gonna I'm not going to. Say oh hey, yeah. Is that like your re- you, is that your revenge? <laughs> <laughs> no, We've got on so well so you know, far. Um, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't like literally. I bet Steve. While we've been talking, I've been texting the other really 007 lads. Like this guy's wife walked down to the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and they're literally like, "How can we love him more?" You know. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all about to change. No, it's not. So we've talked about. Some amazing Bond films, Spy, Love Me, and Looney Daylights. Some of them are the classic ones we, we love the most. And we'll finish with one of the all-time... <laughs> can't even get through this without just laughing. But anyway, but basically, we're going to discuss... <laughs> I, I, I can't work out which is more hated, the song or the film of Quantum of Solace. Like, like all the songs we're doing tonight, well, most of them, it isn't called... Uh, what the title is, of course, it's Another Way to Die, which, again, sounds like a no, like No Time to Die, it's an Tomorrow Never Dies, it's an identical Bond name, isn't it? But Quantum of Solace is a, is a short story? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. that's right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Steve, I don't know what anyone's going to say tonight, I think that, I, you know... Right. It might be a bit more positive than you think. I don't know. Right, okay, I'll set my stall out. <laughs> I totally understand why people might not like this. But I think it's a great track. I absolutely love it. And and when I did the whole thing, introducing my wife to Bond and we watched them all, this was another track that she absolutely loved. You know, it's gritty, it's rocky, it's modern, it's fresh, but it's still, for me, it's got... There's highs and lows in it. It's not just in your face. You have to remind me the one for Casino Royale because it's so forgettable. I can never remember what it's called. Wow. Um, the, the Bond fans uh, love it. You know my you, name. Yeah. You know my name. You know my name. Yeah. You forgot. To my me, name. that is just an. It's yeah. just. A, it's just one level of noise at you, and it just does nothing for me at all. Um, which is a shame because I think, it, as I say, it's not my kind of Bond film, but I think it's a good film. Uh, but I think this is a great track in uh, in Quantum of Solace. And well, I'm probably going too far. I'm kind of saying it's great because I know you're all no, going to no. shout me down. No. So I thought if I start quite high, <laughs> no. I've got no, room no. to fall. Because it's not it's not great in <laughs> the league of the Living Daylights no. or Nobody Does It Better or one or two of you to a kill and a couple of others we can mention. It's not. I'm not going to have you there. But I think it's it's better than quite a few. Uh, I think it's better than Tomorrow of Dice. And I think it's better than. Any other Daniel? Well, the Adele one's grown on me. I found it a bit boring at the time. It's grown on me better than any other Daniel Craig song with the Adele one. Yeah, okay, just about to say that. But it's just fresh and different. As for the film, do you know it's the first Bond film uh, that I didn't go and see at the cinema since I've been old enough to go to the cinema. So I, I, I remember vividly seeing Licence to Kill. I think I probably was there for Living Daylights and A View to Kill when I was only a, a little lad. Um, but I've seen them all since then. But I didn't see Quantum. I had a. I was trying to work out why. Thinking back, I would have had a, a, a couple of month old boy. Oh, right, okay. I had a two year old girl at the time. Yeah. And I think 
And and I'd seen Casino Royale, which hadn't <laughs> yeah. left me. That's the main to reason. Get back and see <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> the next Bond instalment. Um, uh, and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put a big downer on Daniel Craig because I think you know Eon did something and they've done something which I think is actually probably meant the franchise will continue for a long time to come. I, and I just hope that it moves back into a direction that that I enjoy more. Um, but I think it probably needed this just to you know. To, to go in a different direction it's obviously been hugely successful and if it means bond keeps going and it means there's a chance for for more films that are more up my street in the future then i think that's great and daniel craig clearly you know cared deeply about the films and, and they haven't all worked out how we would want but so i'm not i'm not going to put a big downer on it and, and actually i do you know what i tell you what i watched quantum of solace the other night my plan was just only to watch it up until the end of the credits so i could remind myself of of you know the music and the way it fits within that film and i ended up watching the whole movie and it flies past it is so flipping fast paced it's got almost no dialogue in it i don't know how the actors got paid because there's so <laughs> yeah. a few lines in it it's, no actually, it's remarkable i mean honestly you could have had daniel craig's script on about three pages but it flies by it's, it's frantically edited and i quite like the set pieces i love the stuff with the aston martin being chased by the alfa romeos that kicks it off uh, i love that thing where the the, the you know, it's revealed that even the security guard who's working for MI6 is one of the bad guys. And this is when we still don't know who this group is before it all gets completely ruined in Spectre. And I think it's, it's a decent film and it's short. Yeah. So yeah. even if you don't like Daniel Craig films, it's over much quicker than any of the others. <laughs> that's got to be a good thing. I love how harrowing that must be if that's a positive, that it's not very long. Yeah. Don't you don't have to endure it for that much period of time. Do you know, I, I think you could... It, and in all seriousness, for me, it's probably in some ways the closest of his four films feels to a Bond film to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. If, if only it used, if it used the Bond music more... Like, you imagine that bit where the plane's rocketing up into the sky, it's on fire, it's falling apart, and they're going to do that amazing parachute jump. And I was reading about how Mark Forster filmed that, and fair credit, he actually had them in some kind of wind tunnel thing to film them. You know, it wasn't just CGI, it was amazing. They actually were being yeah. held up in the air by these massive air jets. Great stuff. But it needed the Bond theme. And I want that. I want that. I almost am tempted. I mean, I've got an edit suite at home. I'm tempted <laughs> to edit my own version with the Bond theme in it, in, in key places. Um, what I can't do is my one other change, which would be to get Daniel Craig to just look like he's enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's so somber. Now, I know Vesper's dead and he's upset about it. But as I said, even when you're mourning, you are not down all the time. And it just needed that bit of lightness. Have the shadow, have the dark. He's obviously he's down. He's angry and all that stuff. Great. Um, but hey, so was Roger Moore in Fior Eyes Only when he was at the cemetery. You know, and he still got on and had a great time. Um, but yeah, I get that they wanted dark, but it just feels to me it's a bit relentless. You just give us a smile, give us a. I'm not saying do one liners, that's not Daniel Craig's thing, but they could have worked the Timothy Dalton humour into it, you know, make the humour within the scenes themselves. You can watch a serious film and it can make you laugh when. Because life's full of naturally yeah. funny things happening. Make, put that into the film you do, that does happen in life so if it had just been a, had a little bit of humour in it a little bit of that human touch and the Bond theme coming in at key places I would actually have thought Quantum of Solace would fit quite well with being a Bond film compared to the others which to me don't really feel like Bond films 
I agree with you, Steve. Come on. Uh, no, I'll no. I'll shoot you all down. I'll lean back. I'll lean <laughs> back. I'll take it. I'm a big man. I can take it. I'll, I'll be nice as well for a bit, and then I'll let, I'll let Chris and Rob dive in. But I think it was the first one where I was like, I am actually not looking forward to going to watch at the cinema. After Casino Rail was so... Yes, you know, with re- repeated viewings now, I can appreciate it as a good film, in inverted commas, but it wasn't what we wanted as a Bond film. We're going to do a you know ten hour review on it or whatever to go into more depth, but just just the the whole dying of the day was not what we wanted. But it doesn't mean it had no redeeming qualities, and we'd go completely different. Anyway, so we'll go into Quantum of Solace. And it was a bit, mm, and the first time I watched it, I was so underwhelmed. And the second time I watched it, I was really underwhelmed. And then I saw it maybe not maybe eighteen months ago. I don't think I'd seen it for what ten years, whatever. And it was like. Yeah, I, I actually think it was quite well structured. You know, that one of the main complaints about it is the editing. But I didn't think that that was that bad, the editing. I thought it went by pretty quickly. It probably needed another half an hour of, like you say, a bit more character development in terms of Dominic Green could have had a few more scenes. They could have had uh, henchmen, apart from Elvis, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, th- just I just thought it's the only... The one out of the Craigs that felt the most Bond in that it was quite grounded, but he went to these amazing places. It wasn't all about him. You know, there's more focus on CIA stuff and Dominic Green. And Green is quite, I think he's quite a decent baddie. Obviously, he's a bit of a, a sl- slimy, you know, get or whatever, but <laughs> um, he's, he's not got the, the charisma, but he he made an impression anyway. Yeah, I, d- I, I don't know. I, I, it's a, there's a chance it's possibly my fav favourite of the Craigs, maybe, and that's that's so weird. And that's that's only I've seen it again since with Jennifer. And yeah, I, I don't know. I did quite I did quite like it. I love the opera bit. I think that's really good. I like the 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 bullfighting and all that. There's there's lots there's loads you could criticize. Like fight that that fight scene where they're yeah, coming fight, down yeah. and they're trying to grab the gun. You know. I think yeah, that's decent. Yeah. yeah. Before we talk, talk the song, I'll let Chris and Rob just put their two penneth in. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah, I th- I, it's been a it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I think I don't know. I I, I, I will have to get around to watching it again. But I I <laughs> saw it at the cinema. I, I, when I saw Casino Royale, I was like, oh, this is quite an interesting kind of take. You know, this is there's some good stuff in there. Like, say, Martin Campbell really knows his stuff. Um, it's interesting, you know, the fact that they got the rights back, to, you know, for, for the film, for the, for the original novel and that kind of thing. <clears throat> so I enjoyed it. I came out of it. It's kind of, I, but I thought that was going to be it. It was going to be like he says the line. The next one is just going to be standalone. Um, and then I read, oh, actually, it continues. You know, twenty minutes after the end of that. I was like, again, I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, we'll see what it is. And I agree, the opening sequence is, for me, is probably the best thing about the film. That The way it's edited, the, the car chase with the Alphas and, and, and the Aston Martin is really great. You know, the sense of, you know, who's, who to trust, who is this big organisation. You know, I, I can't believe they threw that all away, you know, in, in the last one. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, Mr. White is this kind of really intriguing character. You know, the fact that you've got basically moles and double agents all through, you know, yeah, Western people everywhere. these groups that are... <laughs> hell but yeah exactly you know it's it, it's spectre isn't it yeah. um so i came out with it you know thinking 
it felt thin. It felt light. It was quite clear that this was made during a writer's strike. That the, there was no real characterization. It was, yeah, there just wasn't a huge amount to it outside of the action. Um, not a great deal. Um, I didn't hate it. I was just really <laughs> underwhelmed, and and that was it. Really, I, I, I say I'd I, I'd be interested to see whether my opinion of it changes. You know, going back and watching it again. To see, you know, in the in in I suppose in the context of, you know, two other, you know, Daniel Craig films that followed it, you know, where does that sit? Is it was it actually, you know, the editing and and you know, the choices are quite daring, I suppose, and maybe your initial instinct sometimes is like, oh no, I don't like change, you know, and it's like this doesn't feel like a Bond film, but actually when you look back at like you know from Doctor No onwards. The, the, the filmmaking is very dynamic. The filmmaking is often, you know, groundbreaking. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm you know, I'm on the fence uh, when it comes to to, to this, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'll definitely report back when I oh, find some time to watch it. But the problem is, it's like you get the box set out, and it's all like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give that one a go. No, actually, no. I'll, I'll watch, you know, Living Daylights yeah. again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> For context, um, I, uh, put this rage when, when I bought the uh, <laughs> when I bought the Blu-ray. You know that lovely white Blu-ray set um, that has all of them. Together. <laughs> um, it's in three box three boxes. There's uh, sixty-two to seventy-three, possibly I think, and then it's bracketed up there to. Um, yeah, to 2002. Um, I took the <laughs> the last four films out and said, I don't need these. And I put them to one side. <laughs> so my children don't know that the Bond franchise goes on from 2002. Uh, it's not for them, to be fair. Um, is it? This, is, this is sort of like... No, it's, well, it's not for them. No. Um, I was so disillusioned after Casino Royale. Again, great film great film by the standards of filmmaking but it's just not my my bond it's not my bond it's not what i wanted out of a james bond film i'm not saying that my opinion is right it was just um from the very very nostalgic corner of me that that was very excited about a new bond film i didn't get that from casino royale i got a great action film a great spy thriller and a lot of card scenes Bond's ego. But, yeah. Right, so, I don't know, but, but we'd, as a family, we'd made it a point of going to see every Bond film at the cinema. Uh, my mum and dad and the kids, uh, and we stopped at Quantum of Solace. <laughs> we watched it in the cinema and, and we just said, well, that's enough of that. We're not going to do that again. And we've never, we've never watched a Bond film together again since oh, then. And that, that should... I think, uh, like... Uh, so I'm not the best person to ask about A Quantum of Solace because I'm not sure I've seen it in its entirety since that day in 2008. So I, I don't <laughs> What I do remember it being extremely so well made. You've not seen it since the day it shattered your family. Yeah. yeah I mean, you've not <laughs> been able to face it. Yeah. Being a good review. I, I've, seen, I've, seen like, I've seen a handful of scenes. With John Barrow's music on. No. Well, no. <laughs> I've watched Dominic Green um, axe himself in the foot. Um, mm. I, 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 the I've only end fight in, uh, but I've never watched it films. all the way through. So, you know, what more do you want? Yeah, 
But it was just, yeah. I mean, I remember watching, like, in the cinema, sitting there, watching the Mathis bin scene and Here going, this franchise is dead. It, this, this franchise is dead to me now. <laughs> um, and that was it. And I called it then. It was like, you know, like a post-mortem, like the, the doctor, like, we've got no pulse. It's over. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And I've never, I've never looked at it the same way since. Um, to, and it was only, this is genuinely the truth, um, it was only when Tom said, would you like to be involved in Really Double Seven last year, that I started looking back at the Bond films and it reignited my love of it because it had been absolutely crushed by what went on here. Um, and that is, I'm not saying this is right. This is the reaction of an absolute weird. <laughs> <laughs> it really is not normal to behave in this way. But that is the regard that I held these films and this franchise. That when I saw the hero, Binny's mate and rob him. Robbing that him, was that's it. crucial. I was done. It is crucial. Yeah, he robs him. Robs him and then bins him. But anyway, the point is we're talking about here is I would like to... Give it another chance. I would like to, you know, I can't because I, 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 I want to think that there's life after No Time to Die. I want to think. To be honest, I cannot wait for No Time to Die to get here simply because I think that era is over with No Time to Die, and then we can move on. I don't think that No Time to Die is going to change my opinion of anything that's gone on. I think what Craig and the producers have done. I think what you said before, Steve, about this has given life to the franchise. Is absolutely right. They've made absolute bank here, to quote the TikTok generation. And, and they, they, they will be able to put that. I mean, they've probably, they've probably made $4 billion off of Craig's films by the time we get to this. And we haven't even counted this one yet. So they can do all sorts going forward. It's whether they want to go forward in a way that is in the spirit of everything that's gone before. Again, not saying it's right, but whether they want to go forward in a, ooh, let's do it as dark and contemporary as we possibly can. I, d I don't know. But I, I'm not, I'm growing up. I'm not close-minded. I would like to watch Quantum of Solace again and to see, you know, I, I would like to, I'd like to, because I haven't seen the bin scene since it <laughs> scratched its way into my nightmares. <laughs> since you, you know, then. funny enough, I've got, I, I actually, with Mathis, I've got a bigger problem with the Mathis character than the bin scene. Mm. It's the fact that He's just suddenly a goodie. And that's all glossed over. It's glossed over in one line. Yeah, it turns out he was innocent yeah. in Portman Villa. Yeah. Now, what? Hang, what? <laughs> hang on. Um, didn't we just buy into the story of the last film? Yeah, don't trust anyone. Yeah. I totally agree. It's the same with um, Jeffrey Wright in the trailer for the new one. Brother, you're the only one I trust. Yeah. Like, He's got no relationship. Why would you trust this? this Not seen you in twelve years. Moody Git who quits at the quickest <laughs> opportunity. Why would you trust him? And that's Maybe. just Felix. Yeah. I wouldn't trust him to post a letter at the postbox. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, it, it seems to me they wrote Quantum of Solace and they literally thought, well, we need to, we need someone that people yeah. can associate from Daniel Craig's Bond in the past that we can bring back that we can then kill off so that we feel sorry, more sorry for Bond. Um, mm. Yeah, but the only people who aren't dead from the last film are Judy Dench. We can't kill her off yet. <laughs> or that Mathis guy. Yeah, but he was a baddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was in that film. In this film, <laughs> he's going to be a goodie. <laughs> and they went, yeah, that's actually a good idea because he's a decent actor. 
box ticked, well done. Now that to me is far more offensive to your viewers, your your people paying to see a film, than actually him putting him in a bin. Because him putting him in a bin, yeah, it's, it's tasteless, but... <laughs> As we said earlier about uh, the way he treats women in some of the earlier films, yeah, you know, the violence. Right. He's doing what a spy would do in that situation, and it's not nice yeah. to watch because he it shouldn't be done would. for entertainment. But it's but. it's the cal. I think I think I could actually see. You know, like we always talk about that thing, and we've talked about it a few times. Like, could you see Roger Moore's Bond binning his mate and robbing no. him? I no. couldn't. No. But but I definitely could see the Bond in the Andrea Anders scene in. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Golden Gun. Yeah. Do it, but with with some heart. I definitely could see that because there was no heart to it, you know. Yeah. Um, no and point. again, I, I find this this with the Bond character that they've created. I, I have to talk about this. I think. <laughs> but the, there was there was a, a Twitter poll recently of you know which is the better scene in Bond. Oh dear, I know what you're going to say. The oh, moment that's... at the end of Casino Royale where he says. You know, he shoots Mr. White in the leg and says, Bond, James Bond. <laughs> or the scene where, tr- <laughs> you know, tr- it's Tracy gets shot saying. in at the it's end of On a Majesty's Secret Service. And it's like, is this a choice? Is this a, re- is this a genuine thing that we have to choose? Where, where was this? Where, where did you see this? Where was this? I'm, I'm not going to name the Twitter account, but um, it was it was on there. It's it's on Twitter. And I, got, I, I, like, I, I, I thought about it, it's like, because I, I, my rule is I'm not going to fall out with anyone on Twitter. I will never do that because so many people end up in that predicament. I just don't want to do that. I see it as a chance to connect with really cool people who are into the same stuff as me and we just have a chat and it's lovely. So I don't want to fall out with anybody. But I said, like, is this right? So you've got one which sort of Bond sort of kills. Uh, sorry, Bond harms a minor character in a minor place versus Bond's wife gets murdered and it influences the destiny of that character for the rest of the franchise is that the decision we're trying to make and it was um, winning wasn't it but this is the regard that the cl- it what yeah this is the regard that the craig era films have with people and i can't argue with that i can't argue with it so it's not my bag but i cannot argue with it i don't even know where i was going with it <laughs> I've got no, no it's a really good it's a really good point i mean uh, out of interest, I I've have heard some of you talk about your favourite Bond films and your least favourites, but for, all, for for you guys, just just paint the picture. Are the four Craig films your bottom four, or do any of them do any of them come higher up? For, for me, they're not actually. My uh, the Bond film I hate the most is Die Another Day. 
and then it's all the Craig films. I absolutely cannot stand Die Another Day. I can't watch it. Actually, I literally can't watch it. I could take oh, the DVD out of the box great and throw it away. Because <laughs> oh, when, I, when I watched it again with my wife, which was, I think, the first time since the cinema, so a long time after I'd, I'd gone wow. to see it, 15 years or something, and I thought, you know what? It isn't going to be that bad because it's, it, it can't be as bad as and, and I just... <laughs> The thing that oh, winds me up most about it, I think the thing. No, there's lots of things, but the one of the things that winds me up most <laughs> yeah. is it goes against the principles of what the Bond producers had said. If you can't do something for real, we don't do it, and that's what made it different to all the other superhero films and action films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you can't yeah, do it for yeah. real, you don't do it, and that film is full of people st- stuck on in. CGI or animation, call it what you will, it's basically cartoon. It is not done for real. And that, for me, it was a huge problem. And then there's the oh, cringing scene where Bond chats, I'm going to say chats up Halle Berry in that <laughs> bar. Just, Rob's favourite scene? Oh, I, I, skin is crawling. Oh, don't. It You'll never forget it, though, will you? I think Iconic scene. <laughs> no, I won't ever. I'll never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine if someone actually spoke to a woman like that who's just come out the sea? Slapped. And you, I mean, you would get a, you would get slapped and arrested. Yeah. Quite right. <laughs> <laughs> what did he because say to also, you, my lord? Ornithology. No. <laughs> <laughs> and by that time, and, and I don't want to be ageist, because Pierce was younger than Roger, but I don't think he quite aged as well as Roger. He's looking quite <laughs> like a slightly older man. And I, and I think he still carries it off as a spy, but he doesn't carry it off as the sort of young, cheeky chap who could say that kind of thing <laughs> to a, a young woman who's just come out the sea in a bikini or in the water. Yeah, I, he, he doesn't oh, like the maniac... The maniac sort of uncle at the kid's <laughs> birthday party who says something off and he's got the beard as well. not yeah. be allowed. <laughs> yeah. Robinson Crusoe. And, and on that, I can understand why I can understand why the bomb makers went a different route. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, yeah. that film made a truckload of money as it, well. Yeah, basically, it, uh, it was all uh, the Bond uh. films I don't like make an absolute truckload of money. So, Eon, don't listen to <laughs> yeah. anything I said. License to Kill <laughs> made the least. Fact, you, would be, us as well. you would be yeah. ruined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We, no, we'll go back to another way to die. Yeah. I have remembered. <laughs> um... <laughs> The bo- <laughs> no, I think the bottom four, to be fair, it wasn't because we, we do have people other than us doing our. We did a joint, you know, we each voted for our top, you know, in order. And I sort of managed to do a calculation. I think I've still got it here. And bottom was Quantum of Solace. Only just Spectre was just about, you know. Just about beat it. I won't say beat it. I'm convinced if you watch them again, if you're convinced you watch them again, Spectre would be lower than Quantum. Yeah, I, I know. I agree. I agree with that. Probably. I think. For yeah. this reason alone, for this yeah. reason alone, there are more minutes of Spectre than there are of yeah. Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I've not, I've not seen Spectre since I watched it the first time. Um, and you only saw that. It a day there, you didn't see so. the cinema, did you, Rob? I remember. Can't really argue. Too, I can't really. Too, no. Oh, no. Couldn't face it. I enjoy it. I, yeah. I enjoyed the opening uh, sequence, and I did think yeah. Daniel Craig played it a bit more like I want to see him play Bond. But yeah. the, the, most of the film, certainly from the halfway point onwards, or even less than that, three quarters of the film onwards, is just 
It's the most offensive. It's just so one, annoying that they, the one, the one good idea they've had in the Craig thing, was then utterly ruined. Yeah. So, yeah. Still better than most films. No. And oh. yeah. No. Um, yeah. No. Not so. <laughs> Yeah, the bottom. So we have those two, and then then Dino the Day was third bottom, and then Dimes are forever, you know. Which, you know, and it's not. It's not. It's not, not, not it? I don't think. I don't think it's a terrible no, film. No, no but I, I think it's an, it's actually a decent-ish film until about the last half an yeah. hour, where it yeah. all goes a bit wonky a and cheap and nasty. Yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Simon, and I'm James. We want to talk about those movies. Those supposedly bad movies. Those movies that bombed. To see if they weren't that bad after all, join us every other Tuesday on the For Your Reconsideration podcast, part of the Pod Dojo Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and all your usual podcast apps. And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. <laughs> it's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free. <laughs> But yes, another way to die. So I, I, again, a bit like the four. Well, okay, we'll say the five now. Craig, I, I actually think this is the most musically different out of the five. It to me the other. I, I do really like um, you know my name. I do think it's it's quite Bond. I like the rock element, and it's got David Alder's score, of course. I think that's the last one, isn't it? That's bothered to use a composer. So that score is in the film. I know, like the Sam Smith bit is used after the fact, as is Skyfall, but they're all fairly safe. Put a little few of the odd Bondian notes in. Very slow, no percussion, all orchestra, and no time to die. It just, it, it just doesn't go anywhere for me. Anyway, we'll, we'll discuss that another time. The song. This starts brilliantly for me. And then, yeah, the problems, as John, I think, another guy on here, he, he really wanted to talk about this. I'm sure he will do anyway, but his, his issue is his just the... It needed someone other than Jack White to produce it. It needed someone to basically put them in the right key uh, for the... Uh, and all that. <laughs> um, but it's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the court... Yeah, dear me, what? Because it... That, those opening crunching guitars, they're so effective, they're so Bond, and they're pretty... That's what I want, you know, that's what you'd want from a Bond thing. And the verses, the do da do da do okay, it's a bit basic, but it's still pretty decent. And then the do da da do yeah, still... So mo- most of it, I, I'm not... F- I don't hate it. I just, I don't know, I can't picture just putting it on like, oh yeah, I'd love to hear that. That's where it probably doesn't rate as highly, but I, I don't... <laughs> it's it's not boring like a lot of the recent ones. I think it's musically decent until until the point. Go on, Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I was just going to say in 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 the context of you know one is a duet. Yes, yeah, the only we, one we've never had that yeah. before. Uh, they obviously got Jack White. I know you said Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was thinking that. <laughs> 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 he could do a song, of course, couldn't he? Which yeah. yeah, he's yeah. doing a bond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who, who, who's you know, his whole background is in you know raw kind of blues infused yeah, yeah. rock. You know, everything he does, he, he produces everything. It's all analog. Football chants, it's as well, all, especially. You know, he's, he's, yeah, well, 
A boxing accent as well, isn't it? Sorry. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that's really Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So I think that to, for, for me, it doesn't come as a surprise that it's like, that it's not in the right key. You know, the, like the drumming from the, you know, the White Stripes is always slightly off, isn't it? The, the yeah, it's nice. That's his thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's not quite hit, hitting the mark and sort of, I don't know if that makes you listen to it more or less, I don't know. But like I say, the fact <laughs> that it's a duet, that, you know, this analogue bluesy thing. The vocals, yeah, are all completely all, all over the place. But for me, it kind of sits with, you know, like I suppose like Live and Let Die, that it's completely left field. You know, I would never have, if you sat, if you hadn't heard it and you sat down and this started playing, you'd be like, what on earth am I listening yeah. to? But at least they are going, let's try to do something different. And if you look at Skyfall, which gets, is highly regarded. Uh, for me, yeah. is, 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 is there's nothing to it. Yeah, you know, and the the other one, <laughs> I can't even remember what it's called, <laughs> is is a non-entity again. It's music whistled by, you know, and then someone wrote it down, and then it was produced <laughs> in half an hour, and then it was kind of like yeah, he said that, didn't all, he? and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, another way to die is all over the place. But it's, I suppose it's daring and it's different and it's not to everyone's taste, but then why should it be? At least they're trying to go, and I'm not, you know, I have to admit, I'm not a fan of the Casino Royale song. I find it famous. For me, it doesn't sound like a Bond song, but I don't hate it, you know. But I think at least Another Way to Die is an attempt to do something. And there are some lovely moments where like the, the, the horns and the trumpets come in you know, listening back to it today, I thought, actually, there's, there's some, you know, he's, it, it feels like he is taking on board Bond, the Bond theme and, and yeah, yeah, the definitely. baggage that comes with it, and he's just interpreted it his own way. Again, it's not to everyone's taste, but, you know, I say it doesn't have to be, does it, every single time? <laughs> do, they, do you think it's, <laughs> I'm just waiting. No, 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 like, I, don't, I don't think Rob has, over. Oh, Rob has no words. Hear him, is he still on? Rob's warming up. <laughs> I thought yeah. your summary was astonishingly good. I was like, I wish I'd said that yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All I kept oh, saying was, dear. it's great. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got that. <laughs> it's a bit odd, isn't it, that you've got you've got Alicia Keys and you don't get her to play the piano as far as I'm aware. You don't get her to sing, write the song. But again, was it presumably Jack White was on board and then, oh, I'll get Alicia Keys to, to join. She plays piano in the video for it. So, oh yeah, she, you know, does, she yeah. She can play those notes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Harry, our brother who's on the podcast as well, he's he's seen her live a couple of times, and he does say it's. It's like a quite a nice, pleasant. It's not like her normal song. It's not like a normal song. And Pete, the fans love it, and it's a real out of your seat moment. So uh, you know, I suppose he's not on it then. But I don't, I don't know. He, um, <laughs> I don't mind his singing on it. I quite like the, 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 you know, it has those quiet moments with the piano, and then it comes mm. back at you, and yeah. and actually that's a bit of a theme of the film with the sound editing, because obviously yeah. because of the fast pace. The yeah. sound is very full on at you, but then you'll notice if you, when you watch it again, if you if you suffer again, they, <laughs> they drop the. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Rob. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, he will just drop the sound out, and it yeah. has such impact because it's such a loud film. 
Uh, it happens the first time in the Alfa Romeo chase, so one of the Alfa Romeos goes off the off the cliff, and instead of having the explosion or the the crescendo of music, he actually does the reverse. He goes silent, and you a bit like yeah. a parachute jump, but but a bit condensed. And he does that actually in the film a couple of times, and because it's such a noisy film, there's quite a lot of impact when you take the sound away all of a sudden. And I think that happens with the, with the theme song as well, is that you've got a lot of noise in it, and then it will suddenly come back, and you, you, you get a bit of a range, which I think is nice. Whether they intended it to tie in with the film in that way, I'm going to say they did, because I'd like to give them credit. Probably not, but you never know. <laughs> I think um, I, today is the first time I've listened to the song in a very long time, without hearing a snippet. You know, in like the distance or yeah. whatever, or the X Factor. Um, and to be honest, I mean, it, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I've no idea what context I would hear this because it's not, it's not like it's not got any sort of earworm quality that would mean that it's used in ads <laughs> or anything like that. But uh, and obviously, I've not seen Quantum since in the cinema. So sorry, I all feel dirty for calling it Quantum. <laughs> um, but it. I listened to it today and I was blown away initially by how Bond it felt at the beginning oh. with the really heavy chords and heavy um, yeah, heavy guitar and how much I felt like it was trying to sit in the live and let die tradition and I was enjoying it a lot <laughs> oh, until no. anybody spoke <laughs> and then I just like <laughs> as soon as and there was any vocal I just, but like you've got right so the Bond gig is is it's invitation only essentially isn't it like you can pick people you can pick anybody i don't know how anyone <laughs> i try and make a point when i go on any public appearance that i don't do anything negative but how did anyone look at the two voices and go these two people will go together well because for me they just they just don't in any possible way and then I think I I can only think that the because they're both brilliant vocalists so I don't know how on this they don't work I don't know I can only imagine it's deliberate and if you're deliberately making something <laughs> untuneful and that doesn't work you're being disrespectful yeah. to to what it is you're supposed to be adding to honestly that is the the the, the vocals in this it's hard to say it without it sounding disrespectful, but they they are absolutely appalling. And there's no, I, I, I can't, I, I just can't find anything enjoyable or with merit in what I'm listening to here. I just can't. Think, I really can't. Think of Rob in the cinema, you know. He's not, he's not up for it, and then you get this song at the beginning that's absolutely offensive. <laughs> Get Daniel Craig yeah, sulky like around in the family, title sequence. Crush, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Mathis, and then it's but like it's that just, is it. I I'm sorry. I can't. Because <laughs> Bond music is so massive to me too, you know. And then this just like going from that original chord progression. Like I remember the first time I heard it, it was like it was on Radio One, and they were like, um, "We're going to debut the James Bond song tonight." Uh, da da da. We're, uh, you know it's going to be amazing we're going to be there it's Alicia Keys and Jack White you are going to be blown away and I remember tuning in and going like is this an absolute joke is this a joke is this, is this a prank am I on Beatles about <laughs> I just, honestly, no MTV yeah no yeah, no honestly, I, I think that um yeah, is Ashton Kutcher going to jump out with punk? <laughs> you know, that was You've been next punk. Yeah. <laughs> Contemporary reference. The Jamie Kennedy's, bro. Like, there is an amazing... <laughs> 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 
There is Sorry. an amazing, amazing song in this mess. There is. Yeah. And it's nothing to do with the music. It's the production of the vocals that I think are just so wild away out there and off that I cannot believe this past muster. I, I truly, I know, I can't believe that this song was played <laughs> to the Broccoli's and uh, especially that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that they went like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. I, I cannot understand it. Do you so, wonder, you know, like, <laughs> John Bray had, did the lyrics for uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and then, of course, they didn't use the lyrics. Do you think that Bro Barbara Broccoli was thinking, do you know what? We love the music. Dare we say to Jack White and Alicia Keys that, do you know what? We're going to just take the music because uh, we love it, but we're just not going to use your voice bit. <laughs> We're just yeah. happy because we love the music. But, Don't but think you would have gone down, We know Alicia Keys can sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but you did that to John Barry in View to a Kill. You said you're not going to do yeah. that bit. They're going to do that yeah. bit. I, I, I can't. I can't. Because they can sing. They can do this. Why were they? Why was someone allowed to do that? I've no idea. Anyway, I've, it's funny because um, I, I like. Uh, it's weird how you hear things different, and and, and I yeah, do yeah, hear that course, it sounds awkward and uncomfortable, and I completely get that. And as I said, and I'm no start, music I aficionado, why. Steve. I'm not at all. Well, I you don't have to be. Do everybody you know? has 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 equal uh, opinion on music. It's just an art, isn't it? Um, yeah. And. I, I think everybody's is as valid as, as anybody else. And um, for me, I, I, I like it. And it, it's weird because I hear you talk and I can exactly hear what you're saying and why it makes you <clears throat> sort of uncomfortable listening to those vocals. I quite like it. I think it yep, feel, suits the feel of the film. But, <laughs> it <yeah>. does, yeah. <laughs> but that, but is it, it's a problem. But do you know what's great is that, is that it, you know, it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting rather than boring. You can't call that song boring, and, and perhaps that's matter which side of the fence you are. Perhaps that's perhaps that's at least a positive. It'd be like what you were saying there, Chris, that at least they were trying something mm -hmm. a bit different, and they were trying to respect the Bond thing, but be a bit different. And uh, it, it clearly didn't quite succeed in the way that Live and Let Die did when 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 Paul McCartney and Wings reinvented the, the the theme. But yeah, but I do feel they were so close though. They were really yeah. close to something really cool here. Yeah, that's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, they, close, they, it could have been like I just yeah. Do you think though, if Babs and Michael G. Wilson's faces when they saw it, when they heard it, they're like, "Oh my word!" Right, we're going safe. We're going so safe with Adele the next time. We can have a babyish bassy <laughs> cover, please. Yeah. None of that again. I don't. I don't know. Do you think they 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 sort of whoever finds these people, they just said, "Who is the safest artist?" Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the world uh, we put it as Adele yes yeah 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 is she safe yeah yeah, <laughs> and, and so, she, yeah. she can sing in tune right I mean if I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean I remember you used to get easy listening in HMV the easy listening racks I don't know if they had a safe rack but oh. you'd definitely have Adele there wouldn't you in the safe oh rack. yeah oh yeah you you yeah. and I'm Adele because she is unbelievable no she's great so, yeah, yeah. she's in the safe rack yeah it's not a bad song, it's just... Of course. No, it's not as daring, is it? It's I, I, the I'm living a daylight. Skyfall song defender. You know, I, I think Good. it's a great song. Good. I like uh, No Time Good. to Die as well. Good. See, it's not... Maybe we don't all hate the Craig here. Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. Not yeah. Not well, no, no, no. It's just all dead to me, that's all. Hey, I'd give you a thought for when you do watch Quantum of Solace. And I don't know why this came into my head. It shows you I'm a slightly twisted, weird person. But I don't know why. But when I was watching Dominic Green 
uh, Dominic Green's char- <laughs> character, Dominic Green, the villain role. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, yeah the, the British comedy actor David Mitchell came into my head, and I don't know why. Yes, I just yes, yes. saw him as David Mitchell, <laughs> and then I could not get it out of my head. And then when he gets the limp, it was even more David Mitchell shuffling <laughs> along, feeling sorry for himself. <laughs> so that might help you, Rob, when you watch it. He's David Mitchell. I... Imagine David Mitchell playing that role in I... typical David Mitchell style. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a big. I love Peep Show, so yeah, this will work. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> do you want the guy Peep Show as your main villain? I don't know. It's not exactly Zorro, is it? Is that... <laughs> well. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's different. But that's Take quite... over Dominic Green. Dear me, Dominic Green. Yeah, it sounds too too like a real person as well, doesn't it? Didn't we go to school with him? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we did. Yeah, the video. <laughs> I can't. Is because the the actual title sequence. It's a bit like that. It's on the sand for some reason. There's not much of the film in sand for some reason. Is there? Apart from the end, but well, there's the really desert at the end, isn't there? Where he... yeah, but it doesn't look like that. Yeah. It looks like the spy loved me desert in this. Um... <laughs> In the, in mm. the film. But it wasn't Daniel Kleiman, it was like the only one he's not done since Goldeneye. Was it MK12 or something? Yeah, some, some, some of the Mark Foster have worked AK with AK47s, yeah. Um, yeah, some weird. Anyone who's <laughs> got a name like that, I'm not interested. I no. mean, they sit in front it, of the computer was, too much if they've got a name like that. Yeah, it was that was a bit CGI, wasn't it? Um, but the video, I think, is of them on the sound. Yeah, it's, 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 on the piano and stuff. Isn't it? That's right, yeah, yeah. The video's something and nothing. I mean, at least it looks like they were probably in the same place when they did it. No, it? it wasn't. Yeah. Tell me it was. Unlike, this is really sad, it's got nothing to do with anything. I Knew You Were Waiting For Me, the classic George Michael and Aretha Franklin, recorded in different continents. So, never met. (laughs) (laughs) Great song, you never hear it again. But it's not against number one in America and in England. Anyway, this, yeah, this was number nine in the UK, which is not bad these days, but didn't really do very well in America. Did do well in in Europe, and I don't know whether Jack White does it live, but like I say, Alicia Keys certainly does it. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> it was big in Finland, I understand. Yes, it I've, was, I've uh, seen Alicia that. Yeah, first 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 number one in Finland. First number one I mean, in Finland. Yeah. Finland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big in Japan. Oh dear. Yeah. Big in Japan. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Good market. Please yeah. tell me you've <laughs> uncovered some uh, thrash metal uh, version. No, right, <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe I'm so easy listening kind of. I'm piano, so sorry, Chris. Know. I spent ages oh. looking for something. Every single cover is exactly the same. It's exactly the same oh, uh, production and amazingly. Less of the in tune stuff, but you, you thought this is mm. this is rife for an actual different take, sure, isn't it? But I promise you, I couldn't find anything. I know the cue, the music, who were like, they, this, they did a good version. Is this a question of, you know, like we always talk about, like, um, if a song is good, it will go into any genre. People have looked at this mm. song and like, we can't save this. And they don't even Well, try. yeah, so well, you can't <laughs> be the original, so just do exactly like the original. <laughs> yeah, it's just, we can't think of anything no, to I'm, do with this. It's, oh, dear. It's, a sad, it's a sad way to end, I'm sorry. Another, it's another way to die. No, but like... <laughs> But Bond, like being part of the Bond music, being the title Bond track, was like, sh- I mean, surely the apex of what you could achieve. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you got your your major musical awards, but also like, right, I was invited to do a Bond song. That is oh, just yeah, like yeah. massive, absolutely massive. But then, but then we go back to the Living Daylights and say, from what I heard from our heart, yeah. they weren't. 
they weren't bothered. It was no big deal to them. Um, they were young guys. <laughs> oh, God, the guys. A bit John Barry now. Nah, Talking to him, you know, it's not very yeah. interesting. <laughs> but but now, because obviously yeah. Bond's so massive worldwide, you know, whether we like it or not, um, I, I agree, probably agree. It probably is huge again to be asked to do a Bond song. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But do you it's know, funny, isn't it? I know two other names who were asked to do it. Now I'm assuming that they weren't asked to do it as a duet, but. Um, Quite babe, quite who you'd expect at the time, Amy Winehouse and Leona Lewis. Basically have to be British and have a good voice. But yeah. I don't I, quite obvious choices I'm sure in some either ways. Could have done something yeah. 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 You just don't know till you hear it, do you? What's that programme where people are giving like half uh, like half a day with a house to turn it round and make it nice? <laughs> there's a there was Not a, a famous T V show. What's it called? You it's know what I mean? Nick Knowles. Yeah, changing Nick rooms. Knowles. Changing rooms, right. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, changing rooms, right. If we were given, like, the remit of, right, right, you, the four of us, we've all been given a, a, a Eon Broccoli budget and we're allowed to, we've got to come up with a Bond song <laughs> for the next Bond film in the next, and they give us, let's give us two days. I reckon we could all come, <laughs> come up with something pretty I thought you'd say something better than this. Sorry. So... <laughs> No, no, no. Brackets better. I can just see the conversation in uh, in Eon's headquarters in a in a few months' time, saying, "So there's these four guys <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. You know what? They reckon they can they can probably come up with a song actually in a, if we get you know a couple of days and we give them a few quid. What do you reckon? Do it for free. Them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're onto it, Rob. I think you've done it. Michael, Michael, Barbara, hit us up seriously. You will have four different versions you can pick. Quartet. One of them. Seriously. Oh. I reckon we can do it. I reckon we can do it. <laughs> Same joke. But uh, I, uh, I'm not. Yeah. In fact, in fact, Michael, and Barbara, if you want something sung tunelessly, just let me go at it. <laughs> just let me go for it. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, dear. Anyway, sorry. No, I, I feel a bit overly negative a little bit here, and I don't want to be. But at the same time, this broke so far from something I was expecting and tradition. Not that tradition is something that I am uh, pandering to, but I at least hope that a song will um, inspire me. Um, that the film will be good. And Do you think it's less popular? I think it's less popular with Bond fans and than just people in general. I don't think casual, you know, viewers of the odd Bond film or listen music listeners. What do I don't, casual? I don't think casual listeners no, know anything I, about it. It's so. I don't think they'd hate you're it. Not, if you're not a Bond fan, it, it, you're not going to remember well. that. I don't think they know about it. <laughs> I think we yeah, so yeah. Have you heard of this song? <laughs> Something interesting. They, they, you know, they obviously <laughs> have you heard of this song. They they try and get obviously the the young talent that's popular to to get the young audience because they think it'll give them good promotion. But as you said, Chris, um, sorry, um, you said this didn't do brilliantly well in America. I think yeah. it's eighty one. So even by having yeah, two of the hottest about, yeah? talents around, mm. you know, it didn't get it didn't it literally. You can almost say it didn't chart. It probably was getting no airplay. Yeah, the American yeah, charts yeah. are based purely on airplay. So to get to eighty one, we don't it, like it. it sorry, we're not <laughs> So even having yeah, so you don't actually. It doesn't make a difference if you go and get the the youngest, coolest kids on the block. You, can, I always think they should open their eyes to the fact that. Well, actually, why don't we just get who we think will be brilliant? You know, who would be brilliant for a Bond song? And it doesn't matter if they're sixty years old or if they're sixteen years old. Yeah, let's get who a, would a be lot brilliant. of them. 
didn't do unbelievably well at the time. You know, Honor Majesty's, I don't think that charted. We, we have all the time in the world, didn't chart until it was in that Guinness commercial. But now it's like, obviously it's an amazing song. Obviously it's a classic. A lot, even Diamonds Are Forever, the song, I don't, you know, it wasn't massive at the time. But what, what are you making it for? You know, yeah. are you making it for the fans? Are you making it for the commercial aspects? Obviously, it, when you do get Living Daylights and A View to a Kill, you get both, don't you? I mean, it's, it all fits and it's all brilliant. The, le- the legacy, I don't think the legacy, as much as you love it, well, not love it, Steve, but you do like it, it's not going to last as long as the other songs we've mentioned, I wouldn't have thought. Even Skyfall, the song, I don't think it would. It's, it probably would be forgotten, but then isn't that a bit like the film itself? Or, although, yeah, as I've yeah. said, I, don't, I think actually as far as Daniel Craig films go, it's probably quite good, but as a general consensus of the Daniel Craig yeah. films, it's the one that is going to get forgotten, yeah. well, even if I think it's... I think in time it might be a bit of a grower, and yeah. it's never going to become a top ten Bond film with, with Bond fans, but I think it might grow and actually work its way away from the bottom of the, the lists to... Yeah, you know, somewhere around mid-table, but because um, if you just judge it on its own merits, we're, uh, because of the uh, we're in the an era where we've seen them all at cinema in order, we're told oh they're all connected and all this. Whereas I think we said um Dimes Are Forever, if you'd have just watched <laughs> On the Majesties, <laughs> and then you get like this comedy <laughs> where he's forgotten about his dead wife within a few minutes. <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, be, you know, you might be outraged. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen now. The people would be up in arms. But at the time, it's like, no, no, we want more of and, that. And, That's yeah. what we want. Doesn't Connery you know, look old in Diamonds Are Forever? Which is bizarre because he's so much younger than Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah. In Roger Moore's later films, where he's younger than any Roger. He's younger yeah, than yeah. Roger Moore in Live and Let Die. But he's younger than. Jeez. He's younger. Yeah, he was no. younger than him. In, yeah, because Connery yeah. is younger than yeah. Roger Moore. So by the time. So when Roger Moore took over. Connery is younger than He was about than, four yeah. years older than Diamonds Are Forever and Connery. I just never. I knew yeah, he was, was younger, yeah. but I'd never made that link. That, yeah. <laughs> that in diamonds, Connery is. Yeah, we've got a nice new actor I, who's older I than. I just never, than Sean, honestly. Yeah. Again. But it's like wow. It's like the 1983 octopus who never say never again. Roger looks better, doesn't he? Definitely. Yeah. But then Sean looks so good in his 50s, 60s onwards. He looks absolutely incredible, doesn't he? It was bizarre. Con- he Connery died, went he through a phase, didn't he? Obviously, he looked brilliant. phenomenal when he was, you know, Doctor No through to probably yeah. Thunderball. Yeah. And then he seemed to, you know, I don't know. He didn't. <laughs> age didn't do him any favors. He lost interest. Didn't he? But until, yeah, he yeah. suddenly hit later yeah. life. And you get Hunt for Red October and things, oh. and he just looked oh. awesome. Four. Yeah. Shit. I'm hoping that'll happen to me. I feel I'm <laughs> in that dip at the moment. I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the Connery dip. I don't <laughs> think you need a great no, deal no. of help, mate. <laughs> Neither you, Mr. Goldiefinger, as well. I, I, we've never discussed yeah. age, but I've, I, I'll have whatever either of you chaps are having. <laughs> I'm sure you're... He could even be younger than Roger was in *Live and Let Die*. So I'm, yeah, do you know what I think he was? I think he was forty-five. I think I think I am the age of Roger Moore when he did *Live and Let Die*. Well, there you die. go. When but it, is, it came to that? me. It came to me. There's, his, yeah, I know it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> He's fifty-eight. In a few After my last birthday, I realised. I realised that I will never be younger than a new Bond is cast. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So that's whoever it, is cast as Bond going forward yeah, will yeah. never be older than I am now, or I am yeah. as I get to their age, because they won't. They, you won't get a Roger Moore again. You won't get someone who's forty-five no. cast as Bond or forty-six. 
So that's a I've realized I've reached a pivotal point in my life where I'm too but I'm basically yeah. too old to play Bond. So I don't think the call was coming anyway, but it's definitely, definitely. <laughs> Whoa! I, I still, you know, like when, whenever we have these conversations, I always think, and I, and I know this has been said, but it, it does deserve saying again that if Lazenby had carried on, yeah, from the moment that he was Bond to the age that Moore was in, so if he'd reached fifty-eight in the role of James Bond, he'd still have been Bond in Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> incredible it's mental no, it, that is mind true yeah. Ab, it, yeah. it's an absolute <laughs> disgrace to think of it in those terms because <laughs> he was the youngest wasn't he was he 29 yeah, he, or was. he was the only one in his he 20s was wasn't he 29 yeah yeah, yeah yeah so young isn't it well, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, what it an actor my head. I can't. I can't. Yeah. 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 Twenty nine taking on Bond. Are you, are you joking? It's massive. Yeah. It was the arrogance though that probably helped him, wasn't it? Like he didn't. Yeah. Just yeah. came over yeah. and yeah. no nothing to lose. Let's just do it. Some people don't like him, but anyway. yeah, I, the age thing. I'm like, could I still play professional football at my age? It's getting closer to the age. Say so answer no. Apart from Ryan Giggs and people like that, and Totty. And, oh no. I know. Yeah. Well, in that instance, you have to have sex with someone else's wife and do yoga. So you can't put that in the this. podcast, Tom. You can't. There's no, well, nothing I can do now. No, no. I can't. I can't play Honestly. sport. I can't be Bond. Even can't you, you can write the song. Do these you can days. do the song. I mean, what hope have I got? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just make sure it's in tune. Just do it in tune. <laughs> That's not important, apparently. Well, no. Get the guitar off the wall, Steve. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, lads, thanks for having you tonight. It's been absolutely brilliant. We we love James Bond. I know we've criticised aspects of it tonight, but it's when you love something so much, you do get a bit uptight, don't you, when it doesn't quite turn out the way you want. And we will we will find merit in everything. I think we found merit in another way to die, probably more than I was expecting. So quite pleased with that, <laughs> and and the film as well. It touched on the film, so that was good. But yeah, the the other films we've touched upon and the the songs are just all time classics. They will be, they'll be being played hopefully among Bond fans and other people as long as we're alive and beyond. So yeah, we're looking forward to No Time to Die. No idea still quite officially when it's going to come out, but by the time you hear this, it still won't have come out. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even if, even if we release it next year, no, no. <laughs> oh, it it is. It's like just get it out so we can move on to the next bot. Like they, they won't even cast anyone, will they? Or do anything? But anyway, that's a massive other debate which we will we'll go back to many times. I I, I would like to ask why we've still got Steve. Can I ask yeah. Steve who would you cast? Who would you cast next? Ooh. Oh, do you know what? I've actually got an answer for this, and Ooh, right. I don't think I've seen this anywhere else, which probably says that it's a terrible, terrible idea. Um, <laughs> And I'm terrible with actors' names too. I think his name, but I'll tell you who he plays in a minute and you'll be able to tell me if I'm right or not, but I think his name is Chris Hemsworth. But he plays Thor in Whoa. the Avengers films. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he's Australian, is he? But he does a yeah. crap yeah, yeah, yeah. accent. I don't know if you've seen these Marvel films. I, I suffer them with because my children like them. But I think he's got a brilliant way of delivering humour. He's you know, very he's charismatic. Got, he's got the Roger Moore. Yeah. Yeah, he's got Roger Moore in his humour. He's got dazzling eyes. He's got Daniel Craig's eyes. And physique, he's got Roger Moore's oh, yeah. charm and wit. Um, he's got George Lazenby's nationality. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, oh, he's a movie and, star and, like Connery. Yeah. He's a movie. 
He's he's a movie star. He, he, okay, he's quite blonde. We, we've had a blonde Bond, you know. Oh okay, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, no stop. Change that. I, I, I just mm. for me, I, I, yeah. Well, he can he, just for men. I mean, it works for me, you know. And he could use that. It'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you behave. Yeah, you behave, Steve. That, that, I'm not sure about great that. voice. I mean, he's got that. He's yeah. got that baritone in his voice. That yes, he is. Got a lovely that, voice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, which which obviously Roger Moore had in in abundance, and he's got oh, that. And I just think, lovely warm brown voice. I think he could. I think he could be absolutely superb. He's probably too expensive, too famous, and and I quite yeah. like that the Bond uh, producers actually don't go for. Yeah. You know, they didn't go for Mel Gibson when they could have done, or even well, tried. You know, they, they, they went for Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yes. but I uh, no Dalton. If, uh, if I'm going for the yeah, if I'm going for the for the obvious. Uh, for the for the film stars of the moment, if you like, he I think he would be absolutely superb, and mm. he would bring the humour back because he can do humour. He can do yeah. humour yeah. so well. I I've not thought of that either, and I think that's better than Hiddleston. Case. I think. I hope his nemesis. Uh, yeah. Oh, Miles. Oh, sorry. Forgive me. That's yeah. Negative as well to one part. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> excellent. I think. Is yeah. The and and when you know. Um, Barbara and Michael are obviously listening to this when they're about to give us our music podcast. <laughs> they can listen to our casting. Listen to the demos. Yeah. Well. Um, I know, yeah, yeah. Um, just while we're in this, because uh, I, I don't know what Chris or Tom, I don't know what your picks are either. Can I ask yeah. that? Is that okay? Chris, what, what would you, who would you like to be James Bond? I think just, I think it's best if it's an unknown actor. That's what I would go for. Someone who fixes the. Um, I suppose when you're ahead, I always think of Dalton. But, you know, someone who <laughs> yeah. has those looks for me. <laughs> just bring Dalton back. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just for me. He looks great for his age as well. Do, do could, you, could do it. Yeah. You mean this guy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Just look at that Jeez. guy. Like, how you, just so yeah. Bond. Look Compliments of Sharky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I've dear. watched that film too many times. <laughs> You can't so, watch it so too many what times. What about you, though? Eh? Would you, yeah. Um, oh, just, can, yeah. I, can I just say, for those on the podcast, if you hear that, you were holding up a picture of Bond just after he's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. ...before killing Sharky. This is just I, an I, audio I podcast. Context, it's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's a frame 8 by 10 of Connery, sort of mid-shot, sort of naked. Connery? Sorry, Dalton. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's been, a, it's been an enjoyable evening. It's been a long night. Um, sort of, yeah, yeah, sort of like mid-shot. Naval upwards, uh, he's just climbed out of the sea to the wet um, the, the, well, Four. the absolute sadness of Milton Crest. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, doors. a place in my <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um. I put it in our living room to see how long Mrs. Parker would notice. Didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's not in the living room now. Has she asked you to replace all the pictures of you now with uh, Tim Dalton shots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Would not be. And Family portraits. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I would endorse this. <laughs> who would you have, Tom? Mine are sort of who would have had about five, ten years ago. Usually, like I do, I do go back to Jim Caviezel. I know, no, again, no one ever mentions him. He's probably the best-looking guy I've ever seen. <laughs> he look, he looks like Bond. <laughs> They never, they would never have an American for some reason. I really don't think, I, I, I don't think they think audiences will buy it. So I don't think that's an option. Um, he's probably a bit too old now, but he's he's got such charm and charisma. He's funny, he's deadly. He, I mean, I love him as an actor. I think of the ones you could have, Fassbender would be pretty good. I think he'd be quite a good option. He's a good actor, like Dalton. He's a good actor. 
he can do he can do the physical stuff. I think he's quite charming. He could probably do the accent. It's, I just can't see it happening, to be honest. I don't know. It's more like I don't want to, like Tom Hardy's far too small. I mean, that's just a, a standoff, and I don't I don't see him as char- charming enough. I think that's the thing they really need to get right: the charm, like you say. And that's interesting that Chris Hemsworth come up because he would he fits the bill like that. Yeah. Yeah, but again, like Chris said, it'd be so nice to have someone like like Brosnan was, where you kind of knew him but didn't. He wasn't that famous, and then you think, hang on, look at that guy. He looks so like Bond. Where? Why have we? Yeah. Why have we not missed him? Uh, I don't. This guy in Bridgerton, I've not, I've not really seen it, so I couldn't comment on him. I know he, his, vo- his voice doesn't maybe sound quite as macho as I would like. <laughs> like you know, that, <laughs> you've got to have all these things uh, to become Bond. I don't know. I think it will be someone you probably don't expect, which is probably a good thing. I agree with that entirely. As I say, I'm picking film stars, the, the one who I think is most obvious of the famous people, but I actually really like yeah. that that's not usually the route they go down. And I like that they did that with yeah. Daniel Craig. He's not my favourite James Bond, but at least it was interesting. And you got a package that I wasn't quite sure what I was going to get. And that was great, rather than yeah. it being you know some, some guy who's so famous he's just going to play it the way he wants to play it, regardless of anybody else. Oh, my word. It is exciting. You just... I remember Harry though said this is this will really depress you. Our other brother, he's, <laughs> he he is not a fan of the Daniel Craig films either, and he he said, um, you know, I think one of us said, oh, I just think, well, you'll have a new Bond, Harry, soon. You know, might be Henry Henry Cavill, something like that. You know, someone you quite like, and there'll be a bit more, a bit more humour in them. And he's like, just think though, the opposite could be true. You might be looking back on the Craig films as the most Bond thing we'll ever get again. <laughs> But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that will. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. That's no. Oh, uh, you know me jumping off a cliff, going rupee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, this next Craig film, you know, it, it could be great because they would have seen the criticism of Spectre. You know, they're not these guys yeah. aren't stupid. They know how to make films, and and I think. Craig will desperately want to go out and high. He started so well with Casino Royale. Not not for us a Bond film, but it is a yeah, really but, good yeah. film, really well structured yeah. and clever, and, and and it does stick quite faithfully in large places to the Fleming books. Yeah, yeah, um, true. So you know, I, I I'm more positive about this probably than than any film it, since how I felt before Casino Royale came out. It's writing themselves into a corner though. They just can't. How can they get around Blofeld, the Madeline Swan? What? What are they supposed to do with that? I don't. I just. I don't think anyone bought that, did they? So, and and it doesn't seem like it seems like they've estranged from the trailer, and they sort of come back together. Like, what's that about? I don't know. But I think the director's are do real you know, positive. Do you know, I've not seen the trailer. I've not seen. Oh, the really? Well, but is that so you don't anything. get I, I, spoiled? Or? Yeah, I I did it with Golden. Good, I good. was so excited about Goldeneye. Like, I, oh, you know, I, that's, I couldn't that sleep is a trailer. I was so excited. Yeah, that I watched. Every single thing that was on before it came out. So I saw the the TV specials, you know, but Bond is back. I watched everything. I watched the, the music video on repeat, you know, just yeah. watched it over and over again, which had loads of clips from the film. And, um, yeah, the trailer, I had that, and I watched that on repeat. So when I went to see the film, I was, although I, I mean, I loved it. I saw it three times at the cinema, but I knew so much of it. It was like putting a jigsaw together. I had the jigsaw pieces, yeah, yeah. and I was just watching the film, put them in order. Uh, so and, and I kicked myself for that. And I was like, "Why did you see so much?" So ever since that, I've never seen. Uh, if I can help it, obviously you, you sometimes, especially with social media, you, you grab a few frames and I look away. Um, but uh, yeah, I try. I try not to watch any other bomb film before that. it comes out. No spoilers. 
Totally agree. No spoilers. This <laughs> oh dear. Well, there's not an awful lot revealed in the trailers, really. But it's more the rumours you hear, isn't it? Which I won't say. I won't yeah, say. yeah. So. Yeah, but it's <laughs> but it's the, the suggestion of massive secrets, like yeah, yeah. There always has to be a secret to me yeah. at all. You know, like um, when her secret <laughs> comes out, it will ruin him or whatever. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Just want a buddy and an end fight and a cave or something. Yeah, but may- right. maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe I'm part <laughs> of the problem, saying that that's what I'm after. No, we're all great Bond fans. We love it. Um, but yeah. Great to have you on, Steve. It's been absolutely fantastic. It's just so good to... It's been an absolute treat. Yeah, just someone who thinks like us, but also has some different opinions, which I think we will take on board. Basically, we'll have to re-watch Quantum of Solace. It's one of the things we'll have to draw from <laughs> With tonight. David Mitchell very much in your mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, David Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this oh, is the point I go to the opera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elvis and David Mitchell at the opera. A highlight of... Yeah. No, it's been brilliant, guys. Uh, thanks as well, of course, to Rob and Chris. And we will be back very soon with, with more episodes on the songs and the films. And I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have you back, Steve. It's been wonderful. So thank you for this evening. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Thanks, guys. Lovely just to talk Bond with people who know this stuff and love Timothy Dalton. Yes, Dalton love. That's the main thing. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.